Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. My name is Abir and this is another episode of Spiritual Badassery. Today I have a very special guest. His name is John Kenny. Oh, hi, How are man. you doing? Good. <laughs> Fantastic. So John, can you introduce yourself? I think you'll do a better job. Right. I'm John Kenny. I work at the Healing House. I've worked here for 42 years and I'm a spiritual healer to begin with. Later, I learned to do tarot and numerology, and I teach tarot and numerology on a one-to-one -one basis. I also do readings. And um, I recently, in the last, say, 10 years, have uh, become an Emmet therapist, where I'm trained to help people with everything from bad backs to uh, incontinent bladders, uh, etc. A whole host of soft tissue problems. Wonderful. And could you just before, because we, today we want to focus on numerology, but I didn't know that you also read tarot. I probably will ask you about this too, but can you tell us how did you start um, your spiritual journey or how did you know you had those gifts? I didn't know I had those gifts. Um, what happened was I always had an interest in uh, minding other people. When I was a kid, I was the one that would hold the basin for my brothers and sisters when they were sick. And uh, as I got older, I had some time to look after my mother, who wasn't uh, well. She died slowly of cancer. And uh, I just found I wanted to care. I wanted to care. And that sent me in search of people who were carers. And my first teachers were um, wonderful spiritual healers, Peter Gill and his wife, Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth was one of the first very young nurses to go into the uh, Japanese prisoner of war camps and she saw the emaciated state of the prisoners and uh, her, her heart went out to them and I, I learned a lot about gentleness from her and giving people time to recover from whatever trauma. She, she showed me that uh, when injuries or um, illnesses involve trauma as well as the injury uh, that the recuperation time is longer. So that helped me later, you know, understand clients who came to me with, say, shock in their system or trauma in their system as well as the injuries so themselves. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe through your work um, that the basis of um, physical illness might be more emotional? Or what did you get to discover about that? Well, there is an element of that for sure. Um, all scars, whether they be surgical or say accidental, they carry a trauma. And uh, that trauma can be released by working directly on the scar and uh, reversing the effects. And actually what happens is when you do scar work, which I've trained in as well, um, when you release the trauma, the scar improves. So for instance, some scars create adhesions to the muscles behind the scars, and those adhesions restrict movement. So when you uh, de-traumatize the scar, not only does the uh, adhesion clear up, but the, um, the shock that was perhaps trapped in that trauma, trapped in that scar, is also released. That's the emotional element that comes out. So we're talking about energy, some sort of an energy that's trapped in the muscle because emotion is a form of energy, Absolutely, the way I see it, yes. yes, okay. Absolutely, yeah. 
Wonderful. I didn't know you do all of these things. So that's very exciting to hear. And maybe another time we can talk more about healing the body because this is something I'm also interested in. My mother used to say, if you're going to live from hand to mouth, you better be ambidextrous. Okay, that's the, the thing that you're doing. Okay, it's a big word yes. for me. <laughs> well, it means being able to, you know, turn your hand to lots of different things. Yeah. And I also find it terribly interesting. And as I went along, I always wanted to be able to help people with back problems in particular. And um, uh, about 10 years ago, I got a pause in my career and I said, right, I'm going to use that now to train in treating bad backs. And that, of course, led to training to treat bad necks and bad arm injuries and on and on. And uh, last year, in August last year, I was lucky enough to study uh, things like bladder control. Okay. So it's, it's an ongoing educational process. And you mentioned being a spiritual healer. What does that yeah. mean? It means I get out of the way and I let energy flow through me to the person who's receiving. And do you use your hands for that? Mostly, yes. Okay. Mostly, yeah. Okay. I put my hands on different parts of the body, uh, particularly the parts that need uh, healing. And an energy pours through me, which most people feel as, uh, you know, quite warm. a phenomenal heat. Extremely okay. warm. And uh, that heat then goes to where it's needed. So I might put my hand, say, for instance, on a person's tummy, but the energy might go to their heart. Because and that's what put, they need, where they need yeah, the energy where, to go. Yeah, okay. the energy knows where to go. Okay. And do you find people, um, I know, of course, if you do this work, people do get healed, but do they, does that last for a long time or does it, um, do they have to keep coming back to keep... No. No, spiritual healing is unique in that it doesn't take prisoners. Uh, the people come when they want to come and they go when they want to go. And anybody who sort of traps a client and says, oh, you must come every week and you must spend lots of money yeah. with me. Run away, run away. The, the, the effect lasts for a long time. Yes, it does. Okay, it does. that's interesting. We so, refer to it as coming in and doing a piece of work. And when the piece of work is done, you're free to go. Amazing. And that really changes, like releases the pain from the body it certainly does and and you know lots of people have said to me look you saved my life because that pain was driving me mad and that pain could have been emotional that pain could have been mental that pain could have been physical it could be spiritual yeah spiritual pain is when people lose their direction in life and that's where numerology comes in numerology, okay. brilliant, brilliant brilliant too let's hear about this well it, it, it helps you to find out where you are at the moment and what it is your soul sets you as a life's purpose. And if you get those two things correct, what happens is you can start, you know, putting your life back on track from wherever you've got lost. Okay. Uh, for instance, if you find out what personal year you're in, mm -hmm. that's like discovering what subjects you're supposed to be learning this year. And your personal year runs from your birthday to your next birthday, it doesn't go January 1st to December 31st, unless you happen to be born on January the 1st. Mm -hmm. So most people don't realize that. And they're doing things like summer activities when actually they should be doing autumn activities and they're doing winter activities when they should be doing summer activities. And by activities, I mean, for instance, the first three months after your birthday, that's your personal springtime. So that's the time for you to break new ground, sow your seeds and go for it. 
But if you're following somebody else's calendar, like uh, a train timetable or an airline timetable or a bank's opening hours or something like that, you're not on your own natural calendar. You're saying that the numbers could have given us those insights from the beginning if we actually looked into them? It's like a code Absolutely. that everyone has? Yeah, but you see, who is looking at the, their numbers when they're a helpless baby? Yeah. When you're a helpless child? <laughs> when you're an awkward adolescent? Yeah. When you're sort of a, a horny and distracted 20-something. Yeah. It's only when you get into your 30s and your 40s and your 50s that you start saying, what's the meaning of my life? Yes. Not just life itself, but mine. And how did you get to really realize that numbers carry so much importance? Well, it started by Peter Gill teaching me the basics of numerology when I was about 19 years of age. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I just thought, you know, numbers. surface wise, I thought, yeah, numbers, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe something in this. But about 12 years later, I began to see the depths of what was hidden in the numbers. And I was astounded that there was so much information. You see, your date of birth creates a mathematical formula that's unique to you. Add in then the name Abir, add in the second name Unis, and every letter in the alphabet, by the way, has uh, a number. So by the time you combine Abir and Unis and your date of birth, you've got a unique formula, which is you, 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 nobody else. Okay. So you might share the same life path number as somebody else. For instance, I think I did yours and yours is the number eight. So obviously there's hundreds and thousands of the number eights in the world, but you're all different. Okay. You're all different because they don't have your name. They didn't come in through Clan Eunice. They came in through Clan Smith, Clan Byrne, Clan O'Brien, all different clans. And they didn't have your background, your upbringing. And um, they wouldn't necessarily be born in 1986 like you were. Yes. They might have been born in, you know, the 2000s. They might have been born in the 1800s, the 1900s. Yeah. So the, different. So even if you have the same um, life path number, it really is different from um, people who were born in different years. Yeah. So the age exactly. also play okay. But here's the thing. Even if you had a twin sister with the same life path number, by the time you were both adults, you'd have exercised your free will and you'd have differentiated yourself from each other. Okay, I've so often, you're saying- I've often been asked by twins, tell me I'm different to her or him or whatever. And you know, when we pull the numerology numbers together, yeah. they'll suddenly find, oh yes, I, oh, I see that, I see that, I see that. So you're saying that we come with certain codes that come through our date of birth and all of that, but we do have our free will to make changes and not to go through that path that the yeah. numbers say we should go through. Yeah, and then we have to watch that we, we, we keep our free will free because for instance, culture can influence your free will so that's not as free as say it might be in another culture. Yes. Uh, religions can do that. Um, addictions can do that. I mean, if you get addicted to booze, if you get addicted to uh, drugs, uh, you're in trouble. Your free will's gone to the booze or the drugs. Okay. And you, you, you've often seen this, I'm sure, where you meet somebody who's heavily addicted to drugs and they have the mentality of a teenager because that's the age they got stopped at with their addiction. Once you know your life path number, if you're moving forwards, 
you're going to make yourself happier and happier and happier. In other words, if you're fulfilling what your soul sent you in to do, you get a deep satisfaction that isn't surface. It's not going to blow away with the change in the weather. Okay. Um, if you go backwards, and every soul goes backwards when we're young and foolish, that's where that phrase comes from, we're all foolish when we're young. Look at children. They fall down and they make a mess and they hurt themselves. They're learning by mistakes. Mm -hmm. When you get into your adult years, when you get into what we call the awakening of the soul, when you start getting more conscious that your life is in your hands, your choices are in your hands, um, that's where we can more or less stop going backwards because we go, oh, I've tried that, it hurts, I'm not going backwards anymore. Backwards is when you refuse to do your life path, whether by uh, not understanding what you should be doing or um, by being willful. I mean, you can, you can go backwards by being willful. Yes, of course. It hurts. Yes, it does. Hurt, <laughs> hurt is... We've all tried it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Your inner compass, you're born with an inner compass. It's in your gut. Okay. And your gut feelings tells you whether you're going forwards or backwards. Yes. If you're going forwards, you're getting happier and happier. If mm -hmm. you're going backwards, you get more and more unhappy. What I hear you saying is that we do have a number that um, maybe it's like a code um, that allows us to follow a certain, or maybe encourage us to follow a certain path, but we have a free will to do whatever we want. And it is up to us whether we follow the highest path or whatever other path we choose. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to watch out for the power that controls your world. And the power that can control your world could be the religious culture you're born into. It could be the uh, political power that's ruling your country or your uh, district. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, you have to deal with that as well. So, yeah. yes, every, everybody's got a struggle on their hands. But you have the ability to make yourself happy even within those constraints. Okay. Now you got me intrigued. Since my life path is number eight, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Am I on the right well, path? <laughs> well, I think so. You see, you're trying to make a living. Yeah. Okay. And your life path number is number eight, which is about material satisfaction, both capital letters. Material means what matters to you at any given stage of your life. And what matters to you as a child doesn't necessarily matter to you when you're in your 20s, probably won't matter to you when you're in your 30s, etc. So your value system is changing, mm -hmm. but are you keeping up with it? And satisfaction depends on being able to target what's a priority and leave behind what's not a priority. Mm -hmm. So material Makes satisfaction sense. is, you know, your life path, <coughs> excuse me, it will work for you if you keep updating your values depending on your age and stage. Mm -hmm. So if you lose touch with uh, your value system, what can happen is you can end up with all sorts of stale values, values that belongs to a past you. And here they are in your present, polluting your chance of making yourself content. That does uh, make sense. Every now and again, you got to do a clean out. Yeah. Oh, I've been cleaning for a few years. Don't get me even started. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it doesn't go away. Your life path stays with you all through your life. And it's there at every crossroads. It's there at every big decision making. Whether it's in the foreground or the background, it's still there. Yeah. And you might be studying a different personal year, a different curriculum each year. But ticking away in the background is your life path. It won't go away. It's always 
like an undercurrent. And here is, I have a question for you. Um, I'm sure like you, you obviously are a spiritual healer, so you know about the repeating numbers that yeah. when people start awakening, they start seeing a lot of repeating numbers in like from 111 to 000. So what can you tell us about that? that that's a frequent thing that happens. Um, some of it is superstition, which comes from the Latin uh, terms, super meaning over and stitio, I observe. So to over observe is superstition. Mm-hmm. A lot of religions are based on superstition, over observance. Um, but this, this has happened particularly when people are in crisis, when people are, uh, when ladies are pregnant. I've heard this so often from pregnant ladies that while I was pregnant, I was seeing all these numbers everywhere. I don't know where they were coming from. I don't know what they mean. Very often what's happening is your soul is flashing code at you. It's flashing the code maybe of your life path number or the personal year you're going through. And uh, if it's not getting your attention, it'll come back repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly until one day you sort of say, well, what the hell is this about? And you ring a numerologist. Now, an awful lot of uh, magazine style numerology is very, very surface, very surface, very silly. Mm-hmm. And it's always seems to be, you know, selling boy, girl, or, you know, girl, girl, or, you know, some nonsense. Um, Numerology, when it's taken seriously, can actually make the difference between, you know, whether you succeed in life, whether you can uh, move at the right times, whether you change career at the right times, whether you change jobs at the right time, where you pick the right partner. Mm-hmm. Because very often numerology can uh, indicate, for instance, let's say you go into a relationship and the relationship doesn't last. Well, numerology can help you to analyze what you got out of going into that relationship and why it was necessary to move on beyond that relationship. Sometimes it's, it's as simple as you go into a relationship just to have children. Okay. And that's it. Okay. Have your children and then you can get out. It can be something like you go in there to learn patience because the other person is patient. And can you and see those not. details in, an, in, num- in certain numbers? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The same as you mentioned before, the date of birth and yep. all of that. Yeah, oh. and that combination. For instance, um, you know people, I'm sure you've met them, people who are up there in their head and they're very la-la and they're not very practical. Yeah. Well, very often they might have a relationship with somebody who's ultra practical to teach them to ground themselves. They don't necessarily have to stay with Oh, them. this is actually totally me now when I think about it. The person who's <laughs> That's totally me. I'm like all over in the head. Yeah. So far. So far. Give yourself space for improvement. We're all a work, you know, we're all a work in progress. I'm 67 and I'm still a work in progress. (laughs) Learning stuff all the time. So you, I go back to my previous question. You do think that certain repeating numbers might mean things to certain people? but many of those things also could be just our imagination or our need to give them meanings? Yes, to both both questions. Yes, Uh, some numbers are highly significant and other numbers are just um, over-observation. Yeah. Making a mountain out of a molehill. Okay. And 
And so, there's a lot of uh, awakening of souls going on at this time. Yes. I think you're a part of it, where people are evolving beyond the religions they were originally born into. Mm -hmm. And following their own path to what we used to call old-fashioned decency. Yes. Being good, good people. Yes. And you don't need uh, a written code to become a good person. Do you understand? Absolutely. There's the difference. Yes. And that's in independent spirituality. It's not dependent on following rituals. So you are aware of the fact that there are more and more people now waking up to their yes. truth and they're yes. refusing to conform or yeah, conform to the rules that other people do uh, put for them. Well, it's not so much that they, you know, consciously choose not to uh, abide by the rules and the rituals. Not rebelling. It's, but... it's more or less that they, they sort of don't find them relevant. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they drift away. And this has been happening since the 1970s. So it's already, you know, gained momentum to this point. And when my generation passes, which, you know, won't be long now, uh, your generation will carry on that wave of change and it'll, it'll improve the world. I mean, already, you know, it's uh, long before the religious leaders uh, joined the bandwagon, and not all of them have, um, younger souls were starting to care for the planet because we all share this planet. We care for the Earth. Mm -hmm. For instance, in the early 1980s, um, I was part of the founding of the Irish Organic Farmers and Growers Association, where we started to change Irish agriculture and Irish uh, thinking about caring for the earth and not plowing too deeply so that we damage the soil. And we campaigned successfully to get the hormones taken out of Irish beef. We complained, uh, campaigned successfully to get the antibiotics out of Irish milk. And uh, hopefully now we won't start doing crazy trade deals with the Americans and letting hormone-treated beef and antibiotic-treated pork and chlorinated chicken and all that sort of stuff back into Ireland. We, we spent years driving that rubbish out. Now yeah. here's my question to you. If you look at your date of birth and your name, do you see that you were supposed to do this work you're doing now? When I first looked, I didn't see it. Okay. I really didn't. I just thought, okay, I'm here to learn to relate and cooperate with people. But when I, you know, gained experience and when I got a bit older and a, bit, a little bit wiser, I began to realize that not only am I here to relate and cooperate with people, which I've been doing all my life, um, but I've also searched for enlightenment. And when I find a bit of enlightenment, I have to pass it on to other people. That's my job. Yeah. And that leads into my profession as a healer and as a numerologist and, you know, it makes kind sense. of spiritual counselor for people. Yeah. It's like you're saying sometimes like you don't see, you might see something in yourself and you'd be like, oh, no, 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 that's not me. But with the years, you kind of connect the dots and it all makes sense. Well, it's making sense. It's not all, you know, down pat. I, I can't sort of say I, I can draw a conclusion that this is an absolute fact. But by observation, I'm learning all the time. Yeah. And it was by constantly going back and observing my own birth chart and thousands of charts that I've done for other people 
um, you know, it was educating me. And it was the same with the tarot cards. You know, one day I couldn't read the tarot cards. The next thing they started to make sense to me. Then it suddenly occurs to me, my goodness, there's numbers on the tarot cards. And there's, oh, there's yeah. images, there's images on the, the cards which tell me more about the numbers. And bit by bit, uh, the tarot opened up for me as well. Yeah. Do you know, I also started <laughs> reading tarot, but I'm not as good. I, I just do for me and my friends for like, I've been doing it maybe for a year now. But same thing, I was super, super scared at the beginning. And I was like, what the hell is this? And with the time, it's just getting better and better. But I wouldn't be nowhere near as good as you, I assume. Well, I think, you know, uh, if you let the cards teach you, what happens is you find that actually what it is is a book of wisdom and they, they they say the great historians say that the tarot was originally the book of thoth t-h-o-t-h which was a book of life um going back to probably the uh, sumerian empires from you know the middle east yeah and um Various people, for instance, Julius Caesar burned down uh, part of the library of uh, Alexandria, where the, that, the Book of Toth was stored. And that destroyed a number of copies of it. And then along came uh, various pashas, and they thought, well, anything that's not the Quran should be burned. So uh, the Book of Toth was being burned and burned again. And then eventually the people who were caretakers of the Book of Toth said, tell you what, I think if we miniaturize it and put it into card form, and each card represents a chapter, oh. and the chapter represents a lesson in life, you know, when to fall in love, what happens when you fall out of love, when to move on in your career, when not to move on in your career. They're all contained in the tarot cards. So the Book of Toth lived on through the Middle Ages, through various, let's call them incarnations, until the current version, which is most popular now, which is the um, Rider Waite tarot deck, which is my personal favorite. I've used all loads of other decks. Yeah. Uh, but the Rider Waite is clearer and it's more up to date than most. Mm -hmm. And um, the characters of it, you, you can sort of see this female, female. Yeah. And it refers to you know, the male in us and the female in us. And tell me something, do you feel that there's a connection between numbers and tarot? Because I know they all hold vibrations, but how, how do you connect between the two, if that's something you do? Well, in the tarot, um, you know this business that when you go to a reader, they sometimes tell you, oh, a tall, dark stranger is going to appear, or a woman uh, with blonde hair is going to advise you, and all this sort of stuff. All of that's nonsense. Yeah. Nonsense. Uh, when you hear that in a reading, run away. That person is not reading the truth. <laughs> um, everything in the cards is about the person who's being read for. So, for instance, if a page turns up in your reading, a page is the apprentice stage, that's saying that you are at a, an apprentice stage. You're only beginning to learn something. Mm-hmm. Then the night stage means that's when you're ready to start using what you've learned. And then the queen stage is when you need to practice it, practice it, practice it. Mm -hmm. And the king stage is when you're at the top of your field and you really have your head around it and you understand it and you can actually talk about it. 
And then guess what happens? What? The, the king turns upside down and, and you tumble because you can't know everything all the time. So okay, the idea is that you go back to the apprentice stage and you start over learning something new. Wonderful. And if it's really swords, if you're learning some new way of thinking or new way of expressing yourself. If it's cups, you're learning some new way of uh, following your spiritual path. If it's um, pentacles, you're following, uh, uh, you're learning again to follow your instincts, your gut feeling that we spoke of earlier. And if it's... Um, what about money? Pentacles money. too, no? <laughs> Yeah, that's another distraction. Uh, pentacles refers to your gut feeling. It refers really? in, yeah, to your, your, your second chakra, the one under your belly button. I did not know that. And people have twisted it and said it means... No wonder I've been seeing pentacles forever. I'm not seeing any money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it has nothing whatsoever to do with money. And that is a distortion which is used as entertainment. Uh, by readers and a distraction of that from the truth. So, you know, when you see readers, uh, you know, going into your intimate love life and telling you about, you know, financial success from the town. Yeah. Frankly, like you know, my opinion, they're, they're talking rubbish. So what kind of advice would actually the tarot give you if it's not about relationships and money? Does it give you something about your gut feeling or what, what, what kind of advice would you give? It can give you timing advice, though numerology gives you more precise timing advice. Okay. It can, the tarot can give you uh, advice on how to handle situations, how to handle yourself, how to conduct yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, there's one card in it, uh, the five of swords. And what it's about is saying, you know, Look for the signs that are obvious. That's what it's saying. Okay. You know, it's like heads up, lads. You know, keep your eyes open. Okay. Uh, there's another card there. Let's say the Seven of Swords. That's telling you to only bite off what you can chew. Nothing else. Okay. That's so good they, to they, know. They each have ordinary human messages about handle life's how to handle life situations, uh, and, and none of it's coming from religion. None of it's coming from sort of uh, let's say, etheric sub, uh, sources. It's, it's earthy. The tarot is earthy. People don't realize that. It's very, very earthy. Okay. It's how to handle your life in the ordinary world. And now we have the tarot and we have the numbers and we have so many different things that we can use to know things about ourselves. But do you say that if someone chooses, screw the life path number, Screw the, screw the tarot, I just want to do my own thing and I'm just going to go after it. Do you think that that person could be equally successful and happy? Successful? Well, it depends what you mean by success. Well, whatever um, that I, I, I know lots of people have made tons of money and they're not happy. Yeah, so let's say success that means happiness. Well, that's a very different matter. Um, invariably, uh, deep happiness, happiness that doesn't blow away in the first winds of change, that comes from satisfying your soul's urge to grow in this lifetime in a particular fashion or area. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yours might involve you having an ordinary, earthly life where you do things like you get your hands dirty and you uh, have a family and you make money and you do all the sort of earthy things that you're meant to do. But somebody else might have a life path where they're supposed to be artistic and um, butterfly-like and touch lightly on the earth. They're not you. If you'd attempted to live your life like them, the chances are you'd stumble and end up unhappy. If they tried to live your life path, um, chances are it would clip their wings and they, and they wouldn't feel happy. So are you saying really that to me specifically? Because I really want no. to be the butterfly. Okay, you're just talking in general. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking general. I'm talking yeah, general. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did look at your church and I did see that um, your spiritual awakening particularly happens after you pass age 32. Which I did, yeah. And what happens after that is that you go into what's called the maturation period. And the maturation period is when you get rid of all the, um, uh, how should I put it, the bits and pieces about yourself that you never liked in the first place and you mature from being a young woman spiritually speaking to becoming a matured woman spiritually speaking and in your case that big push it's like the university of life uh takes place between age 32 and 41. okay so you're in that does make sense thing. because the past few years is when i started my spiritual awakening and that t- makes total sense and you ain't seen nothing yet because oh my god it's, please it's speeding up no it's speeding up it's but is it good up. or is it bad? Is more heartbreaks? <laughs> no, look, if your heart breaks, don't worry. When it mends, it'll be stronger. Yeah, if but I getting... mean, the past two, three years were so tough. And if you're saying there's more of this, is it more of this or more of the good side of the awakening? Um, um, well, you see, during the awakening, what happens is um, you get to sort out a lot of your past. Yeah. and get it out of your present. Yeah. So, for instance, I know that uh, in the early part of your life you had bonding difficulties. I know that you had a sense of guilt that you couldn't put your finger on. Uh, I know that you were, uh, had a certain amount of denial and you had a very strong inner critic. And none of those things are permanent. Yeah. Um, all of those things are meant to be challenges that are front-loaded into the early part of your life because they're left over from previous lives. Yeah. And your soul wants them cleared and out of your way. And in the maturation period, that's when you sort of clean them up, transmute them into something better. I believe you have a psychic side, uh, which is really just uh, an advanced version of uh, what is called women's intuition. Men call it a hunch. But you have an advanced case of that, and it's unfolding all the time, and it will continue to unfold. A lot of it's happening to this person in the year between the 9th of February 2020 and the 9th of February 2021. Your emotional change is huge this yes. year and will continue to be until your next birthday. And then it'll calm down and go into a more spiritual phase. Okay. And you'll clear out your mental, your, your overactive mental in particular. In other way, your head won't stop. Racing. Yeah, yeah. That's for next year. That's for your next birthday year. This year, it's about emotional recovery. It's about putting balance where you find imbalance. It's about you healing up your emotional wounds uh, to become emotionally available. So you're, you know, you're, you're 
your attractiveness is going to improve in this process. You're going to become much more emotionally visible to potential partners. Yeah. Uh, you're also learning to move from um, um, being irresponsible to being responsible. And right. that includes being able to respond to your gut feeling, responsibility, yeah. as opposed to being irresponsible where you're only coming from your head. Yes. This all uh, makes sense. The third part is you're, you're moving from uh, conditional love to unconditional love. Conditional love is, I love you if you're my family. I love you if you love me back. I love you if you give me confidence. Uh, unconditional love is just, hey, love you. Simple as that. Yeah, to everyone. That's right. That's right. You're 100% right. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. Because literally, I went through the spiritual awakening about the last three years and everything you said is so true. Those are the stages I'm going through. And uh, that sounds good to me because I'm happy that the hardest part is gone and it's behind me because I did have to do a lot of work and clear all these things. And I'm still doing work, but it does feel a lot lighter. Well, you see, one of the things that's happening in the maturation period is just that you are maturing. Yeah. So that means your, your ability to deal with stuff is improving year by year. Mm -hmm. So don't despair, for goodness sake. You're actually a work in progress. And each bit of work that you get done on yourself improves your chances of tackling something else about yourself that you never liked in the first place. Yeah. So you're growing in your confidence. One of the things that you came in with was a lack of confidence, a lack of loves and hugs. And what you're aiming to do in this lifetime is to grow in both of those fields. You want Absolutely. to grow more confident and you want to be able to you know, be more huggy. This business of, of COVID separating us and we're not allowed to touch each other and all yeah. that sort of stuff, that must be murder for you at the moment. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. like I do really like people and they like being around them, but I do think I was hurt so much in the past that I kind of shut down. And um, although I really, really like being around my friends, I also haven't been able to be around them. So it's maybe the past month has been a bit lonely, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting over it, I think. Well, think of yourself in, like, you're, you're kind of like on a, a ward in a hospital where you're recovering from emotional damage. Yeah. And you're not really fit for the public. Zoom is about all you can handle at the moment. Yeah. But further up the road, in another couple of years, less than that, um, you'll be much more sort of able for the world. Yeah. And you won't need to be on the emotional ward or the emotional guard that you've got at the moment. Yeah. Because your emotional wounds will have healed up gradually. They, they don't heal up overnight. You know, you don't suddenly That's really good them. news. <laughs> Thank you, John. That's really, really good news. I appreciate that. So I can see how your work does give support to others. And the last thing I would like to say is thank you so, so much for um, coming here and sharing your experience. And I'm going to ask if you have a website or how can people get in touch with you if they want um, some of this information for themselves? Well, I'm available at The Healing House and thehealinghouse.ie uh, will get them through on the website mm -hmm. and john at thehealinghouse.ie uh, all lower case letters um, 
any contact like that uh, can get through to me. My phone number is on the Healing House website. Cool. I'll leave your details uh, in oh, the description you. box below. If you're yeah. listening to this on Spotify or any podcast ad, uh, head to a beer spiritual badassery on YouTube and you'll find all these links. John, thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to add? Well, come and see me yourself sometime. I will. I, I okay. bet you have lots of news for me. 